repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem, and ye are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. We can turn to Acts chapter 1. Four to eight. It says, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he saith, Ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When, when they therefore were come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. One more scripture here found in Acts Verses, uh, chapter 4, verses 20, verse 20. This is Peter and John speaking. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and we have heard. But for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Amen. You may be seated. I'm just going to tell you my testimony before I begin today. This is my personal story. Um, this is how I came into this wonderful truth. I did grow up in the church, and uh, I did go to Sunday school. As a young child, I was brought to church. My grandfather was a pastor in Toronto. But I never had received the baptism of the Holy Ghost as a young person. I went to church but never received the Holy Ghost. And I was in, living in River Breeze, and I was in my basement, and I was laying on the couch, and as I was laying on the couch one day, there appeared a figure to me at the end of the couch that looked like a man. I couldn't see his face. All I could see was the outline, the shadow of him. And I closed my eyes because I was fearful. You would be fearful, too, if you were laying there by yourself and suddenly there was a figure of a man that appeared. And I closed my eyes, and it was the strangest thing. It was almost like speaking in tongues, but I just said the word Jesus. And as soon as I opened my eyes, the figure was gone. Now, what happened next was truly amazing as well because I saw the picture of my mom and the picture of my aunt faces before my eyes. And so I called my mom. And I said, Mom, you're going to think I'm crazy. i got to tell you what just happened to me here in the basement. And she said, Dallas, I don't think you're crazy. Because the scriptures say that in the last days, young men will see visions and old men will dream dreams. And I told her, I saw Aunt Lisa's face too. And she said, you need to call your Aunt Lisa. So I called my Aunt Lisa and they brought me into their home. I call them my Ananias. They're my Ananias. They, they brought me into their home, 
And I sat there in a chair in their home, and they said, Dallas, do you want to go to church? And I said, yeah, God's dealing with me. I feel like I need to start going to church again. I'd been out of church for years and years and years. I was on drugs, and I was drinking, and I was partying, and I was doing all this kind of crazy stuff. And the Lord showed up into my life and brought me into this thing. It wasn't until three messages I went to church, the third message that I heard from the pulpit. My grandfather was preaching that day, and he preached a message titled, Knowing Therefore the Terror of the Lord, We Persuade Men. It was about the wrath of God for those who obey not the gospel. It was a serious message. It was a convicting message. He was talking about the judgment of God. And he made the altar call at the end of that service. And I came to an old-fashioned altar. I knelt down and I wept sore at the altar. There was a brother named Brother Hines, a Jamaican brother, who came beside me and laid his hands on me and began to pray with me. And no sooner had I said, Jesus, will you come to me? My heart was repentant. I was crying out to God. I was immediately filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. That is my story. That is my testimony. And I can't help but speak and tell these things. I've told this story many times. I've told this story to unbelievers. I've told this story to believers. Why? Because we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and which we have heard. You see, God spoke long ago that his people were to be witnesses. This was not something new for the church. The apostolic church just continued to do what they were already told to do in times past. They continued to be witnesses of the one true God. Isaiah 43, 10 and 12 says, You are my witnesses, says the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, nor shall there be after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and besides me there is no Savior. There's no Savior beside Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is God manifest in human flesh, and he, will, he seeks and saves those who are lost. He sought and saved me when I was lost, and he's still doing it today and will do it for you, for your family, for your lost neighbors, for the people you work with, the people you go to school with. He is a Savior. The, the, the prophet continued, I, even I, am the Lord. Besides me, there is no Savior. I've declared and saved. I've proclaimed, and there was no foreign God among you. Therefore, you are my witnesses, says the Lord, that I am God. And so we're witnesses that he is God. Amen. We just need to go out there and tell somebody about this Jesus that we've encountered, this Jesus that we've met, and what he's done for our lives. Many of you sitting here today have stories how Jesus has healed you how he's touched your body, how he's touched your finances, how he's blessed you personally. And we need to tell those stories to others. He encouraged, do not, be, uh, do not fear, nor be afraid. Have I not told you from that time and declared it? You are my witnesses. Is there a God beside me? Indeed, there is no other rock. I know not one. We don't know any other rock. We don't know any other Savior. We don't know anybody else who's done this for us other than the Lord Jesus Christ. There are people out there praying to altars of, of, of idols today, hoping that they'll do something for them. But these idols have no ears to hear. They have no eyes to see, and they have no mouth to speak. But our God is the living God. He's still speaking. He's still declaring. He's still touching people's hearts. He is the true and living God. He can be seen and he can be heard. 
I was telling a girl recently that I work with, her name is Camille. She sits beside me, and it wasn't long before she was going to change departments in our school. And I began to feel like, this is my chance. I need to say something to her before she goes to this other department. So as we sat there that day, I began to ask her, I asked her, do you go to church? She's like, I haven't been in a while. But we have um, altars at home for, uh, Mar- for Mary and for uh, uh, a Hindu idol. She's marrying um, a Hindu guy. And I started to tell her my story. I said, well, I don't pray to an idol, but I pray directly to Jesus. I told her, you know, Jesus can hear your prayers and he can answer your prayers. And I began to tell her the same story I told you. I told her about receiving the Holy Ghost with evidence of speaking in tongues. I told her that's what changed my life, this experience of encountering Jesus at an altar. That transformed me. I used to do the things that I told her, the same things I told you this morning. But that experience ultimately changed my life. Jesus changed my life. People need to hear this message. They need to know this message. They're hungry for this message. And we need to tell them. Being a witness is telling others simply what you have seen and what you have heard. And that's what I read in Acts 4.20. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and which we have heard. That's being a witness. If you want the simple definition, tell people what you've seen and tell people what you've heard. It could even be somebody else's story. It could be something somebody did for somebody else. But tell them that story. The Apostle John wrote in 1 John 1-3, or 1 John 1, 1 to 3, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled, concerning the word of life. The life was manifested. We have seen and we bear witness and declare to you that eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested to us, which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Tell people what you have seen and heard. What have you seen? What have you experienced? What have you, has God given to you? Has he spoken to you in a dream? Tell somebody about that dream. Have you experienced a miracle? Tell somebody about the miracle. Have you experienced healing in your body? Tell somebody about that healing. Have you been filled with the Holy Ghost? Since you believed, yes, tell somebody about your experience with the Holy Ghost. And what have you heard? What have you heard spoken from this pulpit? What has pastor told you? What have you heard from the mouth of many witnesses? I love that about the apostolic church. I love that about being able to live with my grandma for a while. If you're a grandparent, tell your grandkids the stories. Tell your grandkids the stories. Tell your children and your children's children the stories. Tell them what God has done for you in the past, that it's still available for them today. I remember living with my grandma, and she would tell me stories about the things that had happened to her, the things that missionaries had told her, the things that happened in their ministry, just various things that she shared with me at a kitchen table. Those kind of things transform your heart and transform your life. We, we, we need to tell our children the stories that we have experienced ourselves and tell others. We've heard the testimony of many witnesses. There are many voices who wrote scripture who were carried along by the Spirit. Share that with confidence with others and power. You know that there's still power in the Word. I know that we live in a world where people are heaping up to themselves teachers 
uh, that are according to their own lust. Tell us what we desire to hear. Tell us what's our base carnal nature will feel good about. But we need to speak the truth in love. We need to share the truth with them of the Word of God because the Word has power to change a person's life. And so share this Word with somebody. Share it with confidence and with the power of Jesus Christ. We've heard the voice of the Lord many times. Many times you've laid your knees down at home and you've prayed to God or you've sat in your chair in the living room and the Lord spoke to you through this living word that abides forever. And that word just comes alive. It just jumps off at the pages. It's not just for you, but it's for you to tell somebody else about as well. Tell them what, you've re- what the Lord has shared to you in that still small voice in prayer in those intimate times. Pray, sh- share prophetic utterances that you've heard in the church. Share uh, what you've studied in God's Word. You know, we know the biblical account of the life, death, and burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. A very simple message, but there's still power in the gospel. It's still the, the message that saves, and we're not ashamed of that gospel. We're not ashamed to tell other people what we believe and what we know is effective in our own lives. We've heard this message. We've experienced for ourselves this message. We need to tell other people what we have seen and heard. Being a witness does not mean that you have to give a full-length message and, and references to everything you're saying. You know, it just means you need to tell somebody as you're carried along by the Holy Ghost. You know, God will open up doors for you and I to share these truths with people. And we just need to speak what the Spirit gives us in that very same hour. But when they deliver you up, do not worry about what you should speak, for it will be given you in that hour what you should speak. For it is not you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father who speaks in you. Do you know that the Spirit of our Heavenly Father is still trying to draw people to come home to the Father's house? He's still calling people, come back home. He's still calling out to lost sons and lost daughters, come home. That's what He's calling out in these last hours. Now when they bring you to the synagogues and the magistrates and authorities. Do not worry how or what you should answer or what you should say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. You know, the Spirit is a teacher, and he brings things to our remembrance. The Lord brings things to our mind when we need them the most. Think about Acts chapter 2, for example. This was the first witness given by a newly Spirit-empowered Peter. Peter was a new convert. That's what I think is so amazing about it. Peter is a brand new convert. He had just received the Holy Ghost. Listen, if somebody's a new convert, don't ever stop them from testifying. You know, sometimes new converts are the most zealous people of all. I remember when I received the Holy Ghost, I went home and I told my dad, Dad, I just received the Holy Ghost. I was beaming with joy. We just sang about the joy that comes in the Holy Ghost. I had this grand big smile on my face and I was beaming with that Holy Ghost joy. And I said, Dad, I just received the Holy Ghost. I called this girl that I was dating at the time, I told you I was living a sinful life. I told her, I can't see you anymore because I just received the Holy Ghost. I don't want to be in this relationship anymore. I ended it right that day. Why? Because the Holy Ghost transforms your life, and it can transform any person's life as well. Look, I was a sinner saved by grace, but I was, when I was changed and transformed, God turned me on a direction on his path to be a witness for him. Peter was not prepared with pen and paper like we do today. We preach, you know, we have a pen and a paper, or we, I, I do things on an iPad. I'm, I'm a little, I use this new technology. But 
no matter what, he wasn't sitting there with pen in hand and paper. No, he was just being moved on by the Holy Ghost. And he was answering questions. People were posing questions. What meaneth this? Are these people drunken? These are not drunken as he supposed. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days I'll pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. He was just answering their questions. When they said, men and brethren, what shall we do? He just answered the question, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost because the promise is to you and to your children and all that are far off, all that are outside of these walls. People that are over there in that Tim Hortons right now are worthy of this message of the gospel. And God can save them. And that's all Peter was doing. He was being a witness to the crowd. He was sharing what he had seen and what he had heard, what he was moved upon to declare, this is that. He was speaking to these people, and people were responding to that message. It's a simple message. We've heard it many, many times, but it's still an effective message. Acts 2, verse 33 says, Therefore being exalted to the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out, which you now see and hear. This thing of seeing and hearing comes up time and time again throughout the Bible because that's what it means to be a witness. Things we've seen, things we've heard, heard, just declaring those very things. It's not a new thing. It's not a difficult thing. You know, some of you know better than I do. You've been in the church longer than I have. You've heard preaching longer than I've had. You've experienced the Holy Ghost longer than I have. And you have a message to declare to others, to the lost of this world. Now, Peter also later wrote, but in your hearts, revere Christ as the Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks to give you the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. And so we're not out there trying to beat people with the word. We're not trying to push them away. We're trying to witness to them, but being ready to give an answer. We need to allow the, the Holy Ghost to fill our hearts with the Word of God. And so I encourage you, make this a daily practice to read the Word. Have your daily bread. It's not something you want to just leave on your table. I have lots of Bibles. This is one of my new Bibles. That's why it doesn't have much creases in it. But I have lots of Bibles sitting around the house. Probably my wife would say, get rid of some of these Bibles. But I enjoy the Word of God. I love the Word of God. I love reading from it every day. I love the, the, the stories in this, in this Word of God. Why? Because they're true stories. They're stories that you can experience today. Look, I don't just believe that visions and dreams were for a thing of the past. These things are still happening today. People are still receiving miracles today. Yes, this is a real story. It's a true story. It's not a fable like some other story people are telling out there. This is the Word of God. It is real. It's alive. It's powerful. It's able to cut deep into our hearts. Be prepared to give an answer. Read this Word. Study this Word. Memorize this Word. Let it find a lodging place in our heart that we might not sin against Him, but that we might also declare this true Word to others as well. And so being a witness for Jesus is very exciting. And you may not completely be prepared naturally, but you can be equipped supernaturally to declare this word when opportunity arises. And you can do it wherever you find yourself. If you're willing to be a witness, many opportunities will arise. If you say this prayer before you go about your day, Jesus, use me today. Let me find somebody who desires something to hear something from you and you'll obey that prompting god will use you as a witness 
I was in Montreal one time, and we passed by. We were in a crowd of people. It was some kind of festival. I was with some friends from the church there, and there was my friend was saying, oh, man, I felt like I needed to say something to that person that just walked by, and I, I didn't do it. I disobeyed God. And I told him, man, you're going to be given another opportunity to speak to that person. And I'm not joking. We were walking around this huge crowded place. There was people everywhere. And we had been walking for some time. And suddenly that same person came in through the crowd again. This time he went and spoke what the Lord had given him to that person. Don't waste an opportunity. You never know if you'll ever be given an opportunity again. My stepbrother, I was uh, a newly saved convert. And my stepbrother was a Catholic. And we had gone away on a trip together. We had gotten in the car together, and we had gone to visit my dad. And I began to tell my brother about this real experience that I found in the book of Acts, about being uh, repenting of my sins and being baptized in Jesus' name and being filled with the Holy Ghost. I began to tell him about this message. I gave, him an, I, I, I gave opportunity for the Lord to use me as a witness to my brother. And I had gone away to live with my mom. I left my father's house. I just didn't want to be in that community anymore. There's too many things that were in River Breeze that I had been a part of that I wanted to get away from. So I went to the States, and I got myself grounded in the Lord, stayed with my mom, got myself involved in the church there. And my brother passed away. He had a heart attack as a young man. Don't waste an opportunity to share what the Lord gives you to speak to somebody. It may be their last opportunity to hear the message. Being a witness doesn't mean that we, we can stop praying, we can stop reading the Word, we can stop uh, meditating on the Word, we can stop spiritual disciplines. We need this still. But this is what keeps us prepared to be witnesses. But we are relying on the Spirit to pull out from us the things that God desires for us to speak to others. And that's why Jesus told his disciples, but the helper or the comforter, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I have said to you. And so in that hour when you need that, he will bring those things to your remembrance. And that's why J Jeremiah said, but his word was in my heart. It's, it made its place on the inside of the heart. And it was like a burning fire shut up in my bones. And I was weary of holding it back. I could not. Once the word gets in your heart, it's hard to hold that word back. There's nothing wrong with uh, doing our part to be prepared. But we'll never be totally prepared to be a witness to others. And that's why we have to rely on the Holy Ghost as well. We don't know the need of every person. You don't know. I don't know. Sometimes we know because they tell us. But I don't know your needs sitting here today. I don't know what God, uh, what is going on in your personal life. But God does. And he can give you an answer. We don't know the question of our, every heart. You don't know what your uh, coworkers are feeling in your heart. You don't know if they're even thinking, you know, my life is messed up. And I'd like to change my life. They might be sitting there that very day when God prompts you to speak that word, that they're looking for hope. They're looking for something else. They're looking for something that the world can't give and the world can't take away. We don't know what people will ask. We don't know who we may encounter. 
And I would tell you, it doesn't matter what that person looks like. Don't look at the outside of a person because you don't know what God is doing on the inside of that person. When I came to the Lord, I didn't look like I do today. I had piercings. I had an, eye, I had an eyebrow ring. I had earrings. I had a nose ring. There was a particular time in my life where I had dreadlocks. I had yellow hair. I dyed my hair yellow. I used to wear these big baggy pants with plastic chains hanging from it. If you saw me in the street, you would have been like, there's no way. There's no way. But Jesus didn't say there's no way. Jesus delivered me. He changed my life. He transformed my life. So never look at a person and say there is no hope for them. Because I'm telling you, there's always hope in Jesus Christ. Doesn't matter how hell-bent they are. God can change them. Remember the demoniac that came to Jesus and Jesus delivered him? What did he do after? He went and told everybody in the Decapolis about the one who had delivered him. Jesus Christ is still saving lost mankind today. And when you encounter those people, and the Lord says, speak to that person, you have what they need. You have what they need. Let him direct you by his spirit to be a witness to the questions of people's hearts, to, to minister to the needs of these people right here in your community in Ajax. When they ask specific questions, they're seeking him today. Being a witness is not just for large, large crowds that gather. It's not just for what I'm doing here today. And that's why I love that one-on-one -on -one personal witness. Me and my wife has, have done this together even at times. Uh, I remember a particular time where this girl who was a nurse and she was getting ready to do that nurses on a mission thing. And we had met her and began to teach her a Bible study. And she was just weeping and weeping as we would teach her this Bible study. God dealing with her heart. And so one day we took her out for dinner. I think we went to Kelsey's together. And while we were eating dinner, she said, I want to be baptized. I said, yeah, that's, that's great. That's wonderful that you want to be baptized in Jesus' name. She's like, no, I mean tonight. I want to be baptized after we're done dinner. And so I called our pastor. I said, pastor, we're here. We're eating dinner together. We're at Kelsey's. And this girl that we're teaching a Bible study to, she wants to be baptized after dinner. You know, he didn't say, no, nah, wait till Sunday. He said, you know what? If you want to fill up the tank, you can baptize her. We went and filled up that baptismal tank, and we baptized her in Jesus' name that very night after dinner. Don't wait for an opportunity to be a witness, because it could be that very moment. Just like Philip in the Ethiopian eunuch, there's water here. What does hinder us? Let's just do it right now. And see, this is what happens. Sometimes there'll be somebody that you come alongside. They'll already be reading the scroll of Isaiah. They just need to, someone to point them to Jesus. They just need somebody that will tell them, this scripture, these scriptures that you're reading are about Jesus. And suddenly, God will give a revelation. They'll have an understanding, and they'll respond to the word right there. It could be in your living room. It could be in your very living room. It could be in your workplace. There's been people I've prayed with in my workplace. It doesn't matter where you find yourself. God wants to show up and use you to be a witness. It doesn't matter where your witness begins with a lost soul. What matters is that we lead them to Jesus Christ because it is Jesus who died for the sins of the whole world. It was
Jesus who will quicken our mortal bodies. It is Jesus who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. It is Jesus that is coming back again to receive us again unto himself, like we sang about. And this is the hope of the whole entire world, that they too, he wants to prepare a mansion for them too, so that where he is, they may be also. Yes, we know we have this hope. We have this assurance. But there are other people out there that he's getting ready a home for as well. And he's waiting for his church, his hands, his feet, his mouthpiece, to tell them about him. But when they believed Philip, as he preached these things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. And God can do miraculous things through you. He can use you to be a witness. Jesus himself is called the faithful and true witness. We see this True truth in his life and even to his death as he continued to bear witness of the truth. We understand that Jesus is God manifest in flesh, and as God he knew all things, but there was he was still one hundred percent man. And there were some times where Jesus put him real limitations on himself. And so we should consider this when we read Jesus' dialogue with other people. I don't believe that Jesus always knew what questions a person would ask him. I don't believe he always knew what Nicodemus would say to him when he came to him by night. I don't believe that Jesus as a man knew everything that the Samaritan woman would speak to him that day. But he was full of the Holy Ghost. He was God manifest in flesh and he declared what she needed to hear that day. He was just as human as we are. He was 100% human, also 100% God, but he was speaking as an anointed Messiah to these people as well. That's why she said, I met the Messiah, and he told me all the things I ever did. She understood he was a man. He was the Son of God. She understood that he was declaring these truths to her life, and we too as people of God, empowered by the Holy Spirit, we'll be given impromptu situations. And we need to realize that, you know, this, this power that we have has equipped us with enough that we need. Don't be afraid to tell somebody else. You have the same anointing. Our witness should include our own personal experiences. Like I just shared with you at the beginning, our personal testimony is extremely convincing. And the reason why is because nobody can tell you otherwise. Because you experienced it yourself. It's your true story of encountering Jesus, of experiencing the Lord Jesus Christ. They can fight with you, but it doesn't change the fact that it happened. It took place. It happened in real history, in real time. You experienced it for yourself. That's what I love about this truth. It is a real truth. You know that old song? It's real. It's real. I know it's real. That Pentecostal blessing, and I know I know it's real. It's real. It's real. I know it's real. That Pentecostal blessing, and I know I know it's real. And how we know it's real is because we've experienced it for ourselves. We just need to tell others about it. I was praying for your church before this service because God wants to have revival. But he's not just going to use one person. He's going to use the entire body. And I could think of no greater thing than these baptismal waters being troubled because somebody you witness to comes and sits beside you as Brother Joel preaches the word. 
God can move by his spirit in this place. God's kingdom is coming all over the place. Just last Pentecost Sunday at our church, there were nine people baptized in Jesus' name. There, were, there was Filipinos, there was Africans, there was Iranian people. God is doing a work in the world today. There were three Iranians that received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, evidenced by speaking with other tongues. And many were renewed in the Holy Ghost. Why? Because the kingdom of God is still at work in our world. And it can happen right here. It can happen in this place, just like it's happening all over the world. This gospel is being spoken of. The psalmist declared, come and hear all you who fear God, and I will declare what he has done for my soul. My mouth shall tell of your righteousness and your salvation all day, for I do not know their limits. I will go in the strength of the Lord God. I will make mention of your righteousness, of yours only. There are innumerable things that God has done for us. We could talk about his salvation all day long, and we still wouldn't have enough stories to tell. We must go in the strength the Lord has given us and be witnesses for him. Paul often recounted his Damascus Road encounter with people, to, with the Jews in Acts 22 and with Agrippa in Acts 26. This was his first experience with Jesus Christ. It was the beginning of what changed the course of his life as persecutor to preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Although Paul had not been one of the original 12 who followed Jesus in his earthly ministry, he had encountered the risen Jesus on the road to Damascus. You remember the story of light shone down from heaven and he said the light uh, Jesus he said who art thou Lord he had said I am Jesus whom thou are persecuting and he turned his life around at that point he went towards Damascus and Ananias appeared to him and scales fell off his eyes and immediately after that he was in the synagogues preaching Jesus Christ When Paul witnessed about what he had seen and heard, there was either an uproar, a rejection of his testimony, or people were persuaded to believe the gospel. And it's the same things that are going to happen today when you share your testimony. Either people are going to be like, ah, these people are drunk. These people are drunk. There's going to be uproar. There's going to be people that don't believe. I, I, I don't believe. Or there's going to be people that obey. And I want pe we want to uh, bet on the people that are going to obey. We want to tell people regardless because there are some that will obey. When Paul witnessed about what he had seen and heard, this is the things that happened. In Acts chapter 22, the Jews responded to Paul's testimony like this. They raised their voices and said, Away with such a fellow from the earth, for he's not fit to live. Then as they cried out and tore their clothes and threw dust into the air, the commander ordered him to be brought into the barracks and said that he should be examined under scourging so that he might know why they, they shouted so against him. We must not be surprised when we witness to people about what we have seen and heard if some do not believe and some believe. Some did not even believe Jesus. Jesus said, most assuredly I say to you, we speak what we know and testify what we have seen, and you do not receive our witness. In Acts 27, Paul told his story to Agrippa, the same Damascus Road experience, the same things he had seen and heard, he had witnessed to the king. This time, however, Paul included Christ's words to him. But rise and stand on your feet. 
For I have appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness both to the things which you have seen and to the things which I will yet reveal to you. I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you, to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, and they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Therefore, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision, but declared first to those in Damascus and in Jerusalem and throughout all the region of Judea and then to the Gentiles that they should repent, turn to God, and do works befitting of repentance. Therefore, having attained help from God, to this day I stand witnessing, both to small and great, saying no other things than those things which the prophets and Moses said would come, that the Christ would suffer, that he would be the first to rise from the dead and would proclaim light to the Jewish people and to the Gentiles. Once again, Paul's witness of what he had seen and heard caused a reaction. Festus accused Paul of too much study. You're, you've been reading the prophets too much, Paul, thinking of talking about visions of Jesus and the fulfillment of Scripture in Jesus Christ. You're a madman, Paul. And Paul said, I'm not mad, most noble Festus, but speak the words of truth and reason for the king before whom I also speak freely, knows these things. For I am convinced that none of these things escapes his attention, since this thing was not done in a corner. King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know that you believe. Then Agrippa said to Paul, you almost persuaded me to become a Christian. And Paul said, I would to God that not only you, but also all those who hear me today might become all, both almost and altogether such as I am, except for these chains. That is our ultimate purpose and goal as apostolic witnesses, that, all, that others would be persuaded to become Christians, that they might become both almost and altogether like us following Christ, experiencing the same things we've experienced. That's what it means to be a witness. And I'm closing with this today. If we could all stand, we all have this responsibility to tell others what we have both seen and heard. This is what God requires of us as apostolic witnesses. When you were filled with the Holy Ghost, we just celebrated Pentecost Sunday last Saturday, or last Sunday, when you were filled with the Holy Ghost, you received all you needed to become a witness. Our uh, witness may differ. The way we are used may differ. It doesn't matter. We have to tell other people what we have seen and heard because we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. And I'm just going to ask today as we close that we could pray together. Jesus, lead me to somebody this week. Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, that you've given us power to become witnesses. We thank you, Lord God, that we have a testimony, that we know this truth, Lord God, that we've heard your words, that we've heard your voice, Lord God, that we've encountered you in the power of your resurrection and the fellowship of your suffering, Lord God. And there's a lost and dying world, Lord God, here in Ajax, Lord God, here in our communities, in our neighborhood, in our apartment buildings, Lord God, in our schools, in our workplaces, Lord God, wherever we find ourselves, there are those, Lord God, that need this truth. And we are your witnesses of these things, Lord God. 
Lord, you're not going to use another, Lord God. Lord Jesus, I pray that you'd send us out, Lord God. Send us out to declare these things, Lord God. Put a person on our hearts, Lord God, this week that we can declare these things to, Lord God. These things that we've seen and heard, Lord God. I pray that you grant your people boldness, Lord God. That they would preach your word. That they would speak your word, Lord God. And you'd confirm your word, Lord God, with signs following. You'd confirm your word, Lord God, with people showing up in this place with them, Lord God. Lord God, they'd no longer just be somebody that's from the neighborhood. But they would be somebody that sits in these pews. That they would be no, but no longer somebody that's simply from the workplace. But they would be a child of God, baptized in Jesus name and filled with the Holy Ghost that they would no longer just be somebody that's an acquaintance Lord God but they would be somebody with an experience Lord God somebody that's been healed that their lives have been touched Lord God by the mighty virtue of Jesus Christ Lord God as somebody lays hands on the sick and they recover Lord God we're your body Lord God and we're members in particular Lord God and I know not all members have the same function Lord God but there are gifts Lord God, in this body that you desire to use in Ajax, Lord God, I pray that you'd give the increase to this people and this place in the name of Jesus. Let's just thank the Lord for that today. We thank you, Jesus, for hearing our prayer. And Lord God, what you're going to do in this city, Lord God, in Jesus' name. The Lord bless you. It was so great to be here with you once again. Thank you for your hospitality, your kindness and for receiving our ministry. And I do pray, I, I, I want to see a revival here. I, I know it would bring such a joy to you as a people and a joy to your pastor and his wife. And I want to tell you this, and I was thinking about this, about your pastor and his wife. Your pastor and his wife, they are a very loving people to their neighborhood. They love their neighbors. They demonstrate this. We were around them, and I've seen how they speak to their neighbors and how neighbors just walk up to them. They've, they know them. Uh, they take care of some of the kids, walk uh, in the morning, sometimes walk them to school. And, you know, you have uh, a, a example of a witness who lives this in their neighborhood. And so you have a great example of, in them. And you can do this as a church together, as one body. You can do this. You can see the Lord add daily to the church such as should be saved. I believe that in Jesus' name.